Thank you for tuning in to The Millennial Mom. I'm your host, Maria Fairfax. And today we have Corey Schmick, a visionary artist, spiritual teacher, energy intuitive, and a guide for those souls going through the awakening process. Corey, thank you for coming on. I am honored to have you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for the great introduction. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. It's so true. So, Corey, tell me how you started on the path um, that awakened your soul. So, it, you know, to sum that up in a few sentences or even a couple paragraphs would be a very hard process. But eventually what happened with me is I was, you know, in the depths of a drug addiction and, you know, I had to get my head basically beat off the ground, you know, numerous times before I woke up. I mean, I, God was probably look at, looking down, being like, this is the most stubborn person I've ever seen. You know, when's he going to realize what's going on? And um, so it was through a lot of pain and suffering that I finally, you know, I guess saw the light, if you will. And then, you know, it was up to me more or less. Um, I had some great epiphanies throughout some of these experiences, but I think I had to experience you know, darkness in order to actually find my true light, you know, within me. Now, as far as um, when you talk about that darkness, a lot of people don't make it out of the darkness. Um, and you mentioned that God and your angels, you felt that they were with you and guided you through. Yes, yes. I, I always, when I was younger, I wasn't really raised in any type of religious um, upbringing. Um, but there were a couple of views that I had that were ingrained in me. And I believed in a creator God. Uh, and I believed in reincarnation. Now, this is from a very young age. So I'm not sure exactly why I believe that. But it was just those were like the only two things that that I believed. And, you know, growing up, I never got into spirituality. I never got into the Bible. No one ever talked to me about God all through school. Um, even when I went to college, none of my friends talked about spirituality or talked about God or talked about religion. So I wasn't exposed to any of that. And it was only until I experienced great trauma in my life that I found um, quote unquote God and um, uh, the experience that changed me forever, I have a video that I made about how Psalm 91 saved my life. And um, this was after a breakup with a girlfriend. I was at an extremely low point in my life. Um, there was a lot of other things that were going on, but I was just at an extreme low, having very um, dark thoughts and just thinking that life wasn't worth living anymore. And um, I found this Gideon's Bible in my dresser drawer. I have no idea how it even was placed there. I don't even remember owning this Gideon's Bible, but nonetheless, it was there. And in the front of that um, Bible, it says, you know, if you're feel, feeling in danger, turn to this page. If you're feeling sad, turn here. So I turned to Psalm 91. It said, if you're feeling like you're in danger, turn, turn here. So I read that psalm and I think because I was in such a state of desperation and just sincerity, 
when I read that Psalm and I read the part where it said, and he will cover you with his, with his wings, um, this energy descended down upon me and it was like the most beautiful thing that I've ever experienced. And it was, it was like the feeling of unconditional love and the feeling that like you are protected, loved and guided and all those thoughts of, you know, suicide and all of that just melted away. And I was left like completely on my knees in my apartment, just like completely bawling, like crying my eyes out, but in a good way. Like it was this ultimate release that like you're not alone. And having felt that power of that unconditional love, it just was like, it, it was exactly what I needed to pull me out of that. And from that moment forward, you know, my life was pretty much changed. Now, was that, I know on your website, um, you talked about that you had, um, in college, you had this, what psychologists call the psychic break, and then for 13 years, you struggled. So what, at what point of your awakening journey are you, what you just described, what part of that? Right. So, so um, yes, what I just described, that happened, I think, probably five and a half, six years ago when I had that, um, when I had that angelic experience, when I read Psalm 91, okay. the, the awakening, the psychic break from reality that happened, happened when I was 21. And that last experience that we just talked about, I think I might've been 29 or 30. Okay. So now I'm, I'm 35 now. So okay. um, when I had that, uh, psychic break from reality when I was 21. It was my senior year in college. Um, classic psychologists refer to this as a manic episode, a state of mania. When one feels like they are, you know, have superhuman powers, they don't really need any sleep, yada, yada, yada. And that's classic psychiatry. And those things were true. But um, I don't know how to convey in words the experience other than I entered into a state of unity consciousness where there was no longer this feeling of separateness as me, Corey, separate from you, Maria. And I was like, I felt connected to all things uh, like trees. When I would walk outside, I was like connected to the trees. I was connected to the earth. Like I could feel like the heartbeat of the earth. It was the most amazing thing that has ever happened to me. And also probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And I that say sounds, that, what? That sounds kind of similar to what Eckhart Tolle talks about in the power of now when he went through his experience. Yeah, yes. Eckhart Tolle was sitting in bed and he had this thought of, you know, the suffering self was separate from, um, you know, if there is this person or this self that's suffering, he had this re revelation that there was another self that what that was just, you know, like he calls it presence or being. Um, um, and in the power of now, he talks about that. And that that book is actually one of the best books that I've ever read. Yeah. And your experience kind of reminds me of that. And then after he had that experience, he what he wasn't really 
part of society for a couple of years after that. And he described right. just being in a state of total bliss. And like, it reminded me of that part in the book where uh, he was describing that when you were describing what you went through, where you would go out with the trees and the trees weren't separate and everything like that. So that just kind of reminds me of that type of same type of awakening. But then you're telling me that the story they told me prior to this was about five or six years ago. And then you write in your, on your website that you struggled for 13 years. Yes. How did you, you, and I know your life work is dedicated to helping people through this process because pretty much you went through this process alone. I did. So, so it is kind of like my journey is um, it's kind of confusing, but what happened after I had that experience that um, total uh, like unity experiencing this unity consciousness was that I was still in college. I knew what was right from wrong. I still knew what time of day it was, but I was fully illuminated. I was like walking around in this total just euphoria. I mean, everything was like the greatest thing to me. I was so happy just for like the smallest of things. I would almost maybe compare this to like other spiritual masters that have been able to stay in this state. In the Indian culture, they refer to this as samadhi. When one enters into this unity consciousness or God consciousness, now keep in mind during this time period, I knew absolutely nothing about spirituality, consciousness. These words weren't even, these words weren't even part of my vocabulary. Spiritual awakening wasn't even a thing back then. There was no spiritual awakening. There was no, you know, talking about the ego mind and this and that. I had a psych class in college, you know, and it, it interested me heavily, but there was no context to put this experience in. And that's what happened. After a week of being in this state of total bliss, I I didn't really sleep that much because it was so awesome that I just wanted to like experience life and walk around. And what happened was, um, if you don't get enough sleep, like normal, you start to get paranoid. And that's when about after like five or six days started, things started to like turn from, you know, very awesome to kind of like the darker side of our personalities and okay. just started to get paranoid, lack of sleep. And then people were alarmed because my behavior was so much different than it normally was. It wasn't that my behavior was um, violent or anything like that. But my parents were concerned. People were concerned genuinely, but they just didn't understand what was happening to me. So what happened eventually was... And you probably didn't understand what was going on. I mean, you were only 21 at the time. Right. I was only 21. Um, I had no idea what was going on. I felt like I was like, I finally reached Nirvana. Like right. I, did, I did know about Nirvana in uh, Buddhist philosophy. I mean, I knew about the term Nirvana when one enters into like, you know, paradise. So like in my egocentric, keep in mind, I'm like a very egocentric, typical college male. Like my life revolves around drinking and partying and like, going to making it to class on time. Like I am not living a righteous life. I'm not being mindful. I could care less about the the world other than what is happening to me. 
you know? So I like, you know, I have no idea what's happening, but I just think like I've made it that I'm illuminated that I'm going to be the next, you know, Jesus or something. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, um, so looking back on it now, it's funny, but at the time, I think if someone would have found me and been like, hey, this is what's going on and this is what's happening to you and kind of could provide clarity, what happened next wouldn't have happened. So eventually this story ends with me being admitted to a psychiatric hospital, being tranquilized and put into a psychiatric facility where they diagnosed me with bipolar disorder. They said I was in a state of mania. I disagreed, you know, of course. And I was like, this is not like your typical whatever. Like, I'm not crazy, you know. And when I was in the mental hospital, it was horrible. Um, You know, like there were people in there that I guess you could say, quote unquote, belonged in there. Um, And then there were people, there was a few people like like me where had had this kind of spiritual experience um and you know the things that happened in there were very sad you know people were being held down and just tranquilized but i had no choice they told me you know you have to take this medication or you're not going to ever leave here um wow so, so yeah like and that really sucked because you know, like there's nothing that anybody can do. Once you're admitted into a psych facility, it doesn't matter if your parents come, it doesn't matter. You cannot be released unless you're released by a doctor. And that is oh, what happened. After, after I got out of there, after being in there for like a month and a half, they put me on all types of medication, like tranquilizers, anti-epilepsy medication, heavy duty drugs that, you know, I think damaged my brain i think like hurt me where i was spiritually i was having this really great experience and then i had this very negative experience when i was in this heightened state and i think you know shocked i was traumatized um so when i was at the regular it's almost as if you weren't um reintegrated in to help you kind of take this spiritual experience and reintegrate yourself um, into the world, you were just kind of thrown and and then conventional science did whatever conventional science. And so that kind of hurt you probably I'm thinking along the path where, where you are now today, it took you this long to get there because of that trauma, maybe when you were 21. For sure. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I was, when I went to the regular hospital, they, um, you know, they were like, you know, he appears normal, but it was my parents. They were the ones that were like, something's not right. Something's not right. And they just didn't understand it. You know, nobody did. Nobody did. So like, that's what you do in these cases. If you don't know what to do, instead of like my parents pushing, hey, Corey, why don't you just come back to the house with us and we'll figure this out? Why don't we just take you back home for a little while, you know, to chill out, relax, whatever they, they could have did that. I'm not, I don't harbor resentment for any of this because I, I can see with eyes of understanding and see how, you know, it was concerning and alarming, but they were doing, they were doing the best they knew how. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Um, when I got to the psych facility, they said that they were going to take my blood and they ended up um, shooting me up with some type of uh, sedative. And I woke up three days later having no idea where I was. I had no idea that I was in a psych facility. I had no idea where I was. I looked over and I saw this older man like sleeping next to me in this bed. Like, and I thought, I was like, am I on vacation? Like, am I in a hotel? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, right, right. So, yeah. So needless to say, what happened then was I finally got released, but I had to keep taking the medication. And that was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, being released, thinking that, you, you know, like you're bipolar or thinking that you're crazy, knowing that what I experienced was more real than you know, then my waking normal life up until that point. But that that experience changed me so much. But then having been told that, you know, you're crazy, you're bipolar, like you have to take this medication. I entered into the deepest, darkest depression that I have ever known. I never knew depression existed. I was that person that would see pe like depression commercials and be like, how could you be depressed? Like life is awesome. Like life is so great. And what happened was I entered into the darkest place. I'd have anxiety attacks leaving the apartment. I had to drop out of college, by the way. This was my senior year in college. And because I got put in the mental hospital for a month, I missed a whole month of class. And you can't just miss a whole month of class in college. It's almost impossible to catch up. So um, that on top of everything else, I, my senior year in college, when I should have been graduating, I had to take a medical leave. So that did not help my ego and my mentality. Like all my other friends were still in school and I was like on disability basically. And I had to drop out and withdraw from my senior year of college. So on top of it all, I was taking medication that would just basically, you know, um, basically dumb you down more or less. Wow. Okay. So that's what happened. And so to wrap up the whole story, that's what happened. I entered into the deepest, darkest depression after this. And then um, it took me about a year to come out of that. And the funniest part was that deep, dark depression, it just vanished, just went away one day, just completely disappeared. And like the doctors had no idea. They're like, that doesn't happen. Like, we don't understand this. So the whole time, nobody understood anything. The doctors, because right. every month I'd go back to the doctors, they'd, they'd write me a new script. Here, try this, Lamictal, Trazodone, da-da-da-da-da. I felt like a guinea pig. So no Western drug ever worked. It only made things worse. And um, it was only like 10 years later, and during that, that 10 years, I, I struggled. I struggled with you know, normal life, I, I could never go back to the way things were. And I always had that experience, like haunting me that there was something more to reality. And that drove me the weight of that experience and all that trauma, it drove me to self medicate with drugs and alcohol. So from that experience till the time that I was around 30, I started to hear about now spiritual awakening, I started to um, realize that, you know, shamanism in other parts of the world, having an experience like this 
then those people would become like the shamans of the tribe. They would be surrounded with medicine men that would help them integrate these energies when they had these types of experiences. They have, um, they said when you're struck by lightning, and I think this is a metaphor, people actually have been struck by lightning, but in other indigenous cultures, they say that the, the medicine man or the shaman would be struck by lightning. And um, I made a video about um, like nine signs that you're a shaman on my YouTube channel. But, oh, what's um, your, and what's your YouTube channel? It's under Corey Schmick, right? At yeah, you can just, um, you can just look up Corey Schmeck on YouTube. Um, you can also find that on my awakenedgrowth.com um, website. You can find out all about more of my life story and my okay. YouTube channel off of my contact information. Great. Um, so yeah, so that was the that was the journey, and it was only until I discovered this information, Maria, that you know that there was this other part of life, and that other people were experiencing similar things. And, and that's when I realized like what happened to me was a massive spiritual awakening. Now, and when you were going through all this, did you feel, were you excited that you're discovering this information or did you still feel kind of alone? What were you going through? I know there's a lot of, because my community is a community of um, people who are searching, who are trying to figure out life and I know from my experience that there's been times where I would get some information, but at the same time, who do I share it with? Right. That's, that's a great question. And part of my life's purpose, by the way, has come out of this process. So I recognize now that the only way that I was going to discover my life's purpose was going through this experience. And as hard as that is for me to like say that I had to go through all of that to understand spirituality, to understand the nature of the universe and all of these things, that's what it took for me to, I guess, break out of my ego personality. And it was hard. It was, you know, and it still is hard. So, and I don't want to be like, saying that, you know, I'm walking on cloud nine now, but now I have a solid foundation to build from. And the solid, solid foundation, I have a relationship with, you know, God, as I understand God, um, I do look to the teachings of Christ and I, and I am led by spirit in my life. And I believe that uh, angels are actually guiding and helping me. And to answer your question, you know, I still felt alone you know, when, when I was um, reading and finding out about this information, there was no one that I could talk to. Uh, you know, my parents, they still didn't understand what happened. They're not spiritual. Nobody around me in my reality was spiritual either. Um, so I was still alone during this whole time that I was like finding out about this. I was still like the only one <laughs> that was like, and then, so my reality was still saying like, you're the only one that believes this, you know, like you're, you, you might be crazy still. So oh, I, yeah, because that's what you have been told, right? right. That you're bipolar, you're right. manic depressive. There's no one that comes out of depression. So right. still everything around you is saying, and so you're starting. And then of course you're doubting yourself. Like maybe am I crazy? Exactly. And that's the biggest thing that probably is the most detrimental. 
when I was 21 and that was the first time that anyone had ever said like, you are this and like put a label on me. And then as soon as I started to identify with that label and second guess myself, that's when everything changed. Like that's probably the most damaging thing that happened was that the doctors labeled me and then I started to maybe think that I was that. And that's when all the doubt came in. I started to second guess everything. And um, doubt is the exact opposite of faith. And when I was 21, I had no, I had no faith. I had no God. I had no Christ. I didn't have, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know really that angels existed or, you know, that it was just a myth or a fairy tale up until that point. So, you know, now I have faith. I have faith that everything is happening for my highest good, you know, now that, that I'm taking steps to live a righteous life. So, yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> that is heavy stuff. And I think I was wondering, Corey, I know, can we stop here? Because I feel like there's so much more and I don't want to, you know, I know you're trying to condense it. I know we're short on time right now. So, but I am so honored that you came to be on my podcast. You're going to help so many people with what you're talking about. Um, Corey can be found on, let's see here. Let me get this right here. Got it. Awakengrowth.com. Yeah, that's the main website. Awakengrowth.com. Um, also, um, he has amazing art as well. Um, if you want to check out his artwork, which is inspired, uh, you can check that out at Corey Michael Schmick. And the way you spell that is C-O-R-E-Y-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S-C-H-M-I-C-K.com. Yes. And, um, and Corey, it has just been amazing. Your story is amazing. We'll have to do a part two. Will you promise to do a part two with me? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll do a part two, three, and four maybe. Awesome. Thank you so much because I know like I want to respect your time and we started talking before and then we ran over the time, but um, definitely in the next week, let's do a part two if you have yeah, time. For sure. I, I definitely, I definitely have time to, you know, share and, um, you know, definitely help out the podcast and bring awareness and illumination to these issues that are going on. More people need to step up and talk about these things. If everybody stays silent, then everybody will just be like me thinking they're the only one that's going through it and go into that dark place, you know? And that's the thing. That's why I don't want to, um, that's why I want to stop the podcast right here, right now, because okay. I don't want I don't want to do it injustice because what you have to say is so important and so powerful that um, we definitely have to do a part two because to, to try to take what you've gone through from 21 till now and condense that in five minutes, it's just, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's impossible. But I, I thank you so much for taking the time. I, I'm, I'm so honored and I'm so grateful and uh, definitely I'll be in touch with you and we'll, we'll do a part two, but I'm going to, I'm going to send you the link to this so you can listen to it and um, I'm going to post it on my podcast site and then we'll work on part two okay thank you so much as well it's been an honor to be here as well thank you maria all right take care all right bye-bye Corey. Bye. see you